0: Whether you're a professional athlete or a seasoned corporate executive, it is easy to enjoy a lifestyle where a paycheck is calling all the shots. But is that sustainable forever? Welcome to Tell Your Boss I Quit with Pete Gudekunst, founder of Good Financial Services and financial planner with Raymond James. Pete helps you financially bridge from the journey you've started through the life goals you've imagined. Sooner or later, by force or by choice, life takes turns. Listen as Pete discusses how to take charge and make your move on your terms with confidence.
1: You look forward to one day not having to deal with incoming work calls or email, but are you ready to deal with no incoming paycheck? Now, planning could take the worry out of the question, what will I live on? And Pete Goodekunst is here to talk about that planning because, as he says, the thing that got you successfully here isn't the same thing that will get you successfully there. I'm Patrice Sacora. Pete, talk to me about life after the paycheck ends. Where does someone start? Well, thanks, Patrice, and welcome to Tell Your Boss I
2: Quit. And sure, what I'd like you to know from this conversation is how to prepare and be confident that you can navigate investing, taxes, estate planning, IRA distributions, So you can live sustainably after telling your boss you quit. And that's really important, knowing where to start and how to build that confidence in the first place. I was just reading this morning, uh, there was a CNBC article I read, and this number seems to never get any better. Fidelity had uh, done some research, and they're saying that still to this day, 48% of Americans believe they'll outlive their assets. And I believe that's simply because people don't know how to plan. And that's really where you need to start is just with some basic uh, ground foundational elements just to get you in the right place and headed in the right direction. It also means that you're probably going to have to learn not to live by certain mantras or rules of thumbs that we've been taught and I think that the financial media really beats over our heads about accumulating assets, we don't really talk about how to take money back out of our investments. And that's really where you need to start doing some of the planning. Do all the things that you're being taught and encouraged to do as an accumulator and savings, but you also need to be looking forward to how you're going to be taking things back out. And as you said, Patrice, there's the thing that got you here and, and successfully prepared to retire isn't going to be the thing that is making you successful throughout retirement. There's going to be some things you're going to need to unlearn, and there's probably some new elements of things that you're going to need to learn for the first time. And just to give you an example, we've all been taught this from the day you anyone ever said anything to you about investing. They told you to start early. The sooner you start, the better. And compounding interest is the the eighth wonder of the world. you know some people will quote Einstein as saying that. i don't I don't know that he actually did, but but uh, let's let's go with that. Uh, and compounding interest is an important element of savings. The sooner you save and the more you save, the better, of course. And that's simply that you're just putting money aside and you're earning interest on the money that you save. and then your interest earns interest, and then your interests interest, interest is earning interest. And so that you're just starting to build more and more money from interest. And sooner or later, the interest that you earn is greater than your contributions. And so we get focused on those kinds of rules of rules of thumb. And let's kind of put a, an imagery to this a little bit. And we'll we'll come back to this as we go. Think of compounding like growing a tree. And you put money in the ground, that's your roots, and you continue to add money to your tree and your trunk is getting taller and wider as you're adding money to the tree. And the interest on your tree is the branches. And the branches are coming from your tree and then your branches grow branches and then those branches get branches and they get twigs and all of them get leaves. And the next thing you know, you have this big, beautiful tree. And if you think about it, when we were little kids, we never drew a picture of a tree as just this big, tall you know, trunk. We drew a tree, usually like a big lollipop or something like that. So we were already kind of learning or, or thinking without knowing it, the compounding elements of interest in our tree. It had that big, beautiful, leafy tree. And so along the way, when you have this tree is you're going to have setbacks. And those setbacks could be some branches crowd out others and kind of kill some things off. Sometimes there's a dry season and things don't, you know, grow as vigorously or maybe the leaves start to, you know, crinkle up and not look as as healthy. Uh, and then also you're going to have, a, you know, a pruning and you're going to be cutting back branches uh, as, as part of a healthy tree. And all of those things represent the volatility and the fluctuation in the investment market. So right now you're out there and you go, where the heck is he going with this tree? My point simply is that that's the power of compounding interest. When you cut back and prune that tree, have you ever gone down a street and you see somebody who's had a beautiful tree pruned by a professional tree trimmer, you'll look at that trim, oh my gosh, what have they done to that tree? And, and you just can't believe that it's going to look as, as beautiful as it did before they got there. And then the next spring you come by or later that year, or might even be a couple of years later. And you look at that tree and you're like, oh my gosh, it's even more beautiful than it was before. Well, those are the mantras that we're taught when we're accumulating. That's us adding to our tree and that's our tree growing. And there are sometimes there are setbacks, there is market fluctuations. And yet, we always see how the things grow back better than they ever were before, and that's the mantra that we have with our tree. But those setbacks, that pruning, the, the drying leaves from the poor rainy seasons, or uh, you know the branches crowding each other out, they can also represent the withdrawal from your tree. And when you're in retirement, when you've turned off the paycheck or when you've cut back your salary and are working less and not earning as much and need to supplement with your investments, you're going to need to be pruning and cutting back some branches. And the difference is you don't have a full year or two for that tree to get back to where it was and better than ever before, because you're going to need to come back and cut off another branch because your income and your or your expenses Are going to still come around whether you want them to or not and so the difference here is that you still need to invest and own trees in retirement you still need to have that that investment that's going to be able to grow and keep pace and grow faster than inflation so that you can have sustaining income and so you're going to need to periodically trim a branch here or there cut off some leaves and Uh, and make use of that tree. The difference is you're not going to have time for it to recover because you don't want to keep coming back to that tree too frequently, or you're going to come back before it's had time to grow those branches. So you're going to have to manage that growth very differently. And that's one thing I would say is when you're planning ahead and thinking of these things you want to do what's that what you're what's working for you now but you also want to be thinking ahead to how things will be different and understanding that and i think it's very important that you understand the difference sooner not later
1: pete Uh, i love love the analogy with the tree it's absolutely fantastic but uh, this is wonderful compound interest as you say i love it the eighth wonder of the world discipline though you've got to have the discipline to help these trees grow
2: that's absolutely right. You really need to uh, have the the foresight to see how you're going to manage that tree in retirement. You have to be able to recognize that while you're adding and building up that trunk and doing all of those things, you need to also recognize how are you going to be cutting back on that tree. And I, you, you use the word discipline. I like that word a lot. I'm a Marine. I use the word discipline. Uh, if we have some scientists who are listening, maybe they'd rather just use uh, measurement or scientific method. I don't know what it is, but, <laughs> but you need to have the discipline to understand what it is and how you're utilizing or how you potentially will be utilizing assets. And so putting money aside in your tree, that's very important, but we're talking about getting ready to take that money back out. And that's what you need to understand. So uh, I'll just give you an example. I just took an extra long weekend trip to Florida with my wife and we did some things that we don't normally do. Uh, and what I mean by that is we we went out some nice places to eat. We I had to fly to get there. I had to rent a car. We visited some friends. And so we probably spent a little more than I normally do. And I have the financial capacity to do that. And from a discipline standpoint, that's really where you need to recognize how are you spending assets and what will you do if that paycheck weren't going in? How would you approach that? Would you have have had enough income for that? Are you able to measure and and recognize that along the way? And so that's really where you think you need to make uh, that kind of discipline. And I I refer to that many times uh, before of having a spending plan, not so much a budget but a spending plan, knowing what you're spending. So if that trip was something we did and we recognize what that costs, are we going to do that whether I had a paycheck coming in or not? Uh, and if so, then that's income that we're going to need to support that, that level of spending. Or is that something that we're going to, well, maybe we won't be so over the top. And you really need to learn some of that, uh, you know, where you can be more frugal or at least more mindful uh, of what your spending is. The other thing, Patrice, is that people are living so much longer today, and they really need, I think, to be prepared to stay active. So it's not just about having the discipline financially, but I believe you also need to think about what you're able to do to maintain your your health and also be thinking about some of the things that you're going to be doing uh, in in your retirement. Are you going to be uh, golfing more? Are you going to be... Uh, you know, will you continue to work a little bit? And I think that's something that also uh, becomes part of retirement is perhaps you will still work and earn some money, and not necessarily because or only because the, the little extra income helps. It keeps you engaged and it keeps you healthy and it keeps your mind uh, alert. And that really helps with the longevity. And so, those are all of the things that you're preparing for and planning for. And you really need to have the discipline to be able to organize things in order to keep you on the path and be prepared for that.
1: Pete, you talk about the financial bridge. What do you mean? Well, for us, the financial
2: bridge is a process. And the financial bridge is the the savings, investing, and spending. Think of it, you're starting from one side of, of the land and crossing the water on a bridge to the other side. And you start on savings and over the middle of the bridge is investing. And then the far side is spending. And I think of that as an organizational tool or an or an organizational way to think. And I think this is really important as you get yourself more and more prepared. Having that discipline, you need to have that organization to be prepared to, to have meaningful conversations. And so you start out in the savings period of time. You get married. You buy your first house you have start a family well now there are things that you need to be doing such as protecting your house with insurance and uh your income with disability protection and your life even if some you know now you've got more mouths that are dependent on your income if you're gone and those are things that you need to start uh, putting into place at that point in life as well as just building the foundation of your savings and then as you get into further into life Uh, Now you're really getting a little bit more serious about investing, you're starting to think about things that you would like to do. Uh, I just went to Orlando, as I said, I went to Florida. So maybe you're planning a big trip to Disney or something like that, you're starting to think about things that you might do differently. And at the same time, you're thinking ahead to your own retirement and maybe even your children's education, some larger ticket items that are further down the road that require investing. So at that point, you want to really start to set those goals and put some dollars to that and begin to build those assets and and think ahead as what you can do today, as well as what's coming forward. And then of course, spending is when money's coming out of that and you're starting to withdraw money. And so when you think of it that way, Uh, As a bridge and you're traveling from one point to another, it helps you keep those things organized. And so when we start to talk about retirement planning, and we start to think ahead of life after the paycheck ends, all of these are elements and components that are going to have relevance over the course of a lifetime, some more so in the beginning, but not necessarily going away entirely, and some becoming more relevant and important and critical toward the end of of the travel across the bridge. And so that's really an organizational tool. And what I find with this is you never fully exit one area and you never fully enter the other. And and the reason I think that's important, and the reason I, I think having a financial bridge is so important, is using that conversation we just had about uh, compounding and investing. That's what thats what the financial media is telling you. Just put your money aside and get it in the lowest cost investment and S&P 500 index and all of these things. But they don't really talk about what the purpose and why you have those things and what they're for. And a bridge organizing across the timing of when you're going to need those things and keeping them organized in that framework is when you can really give yourself more attention to those matters. And that's what what I think with the financial bridge is now, instead of having a conversation about a, an index, you're having a conversation about what it's for. And if you have something that you did from the early stages, such as a will, let's say in the saving section, now life's a little more complicated and you need to have a a, a more complex estate plan. Well, that's a topic that you want to come back to. That's what I mean by getting back on. You never fully exit one area to and fully enter the other because you need to constantly revisit those, revisit those structures. And that's really what a financial bridge is for, is it helps you stay organized and helps you put a purpose to everything that you're doing rather than just measuring it against what happened yesterday in, in the stock market.
1: All right. So we're on that bridge. We've gotten to the middle. We're coming down the other side. We're watching the speed limit, of course. We're staying healthy. We're staying active. I want to start taking some of my money out. I have saved this money. It's for me, right? But how do I do that? Well,
2: like we said, you you if you're disciplined and you know what you're spending, that's really the most critical piece of all of this. And uh, I found it interesting that Uh, In that same article, that same CNBC article was that the average uh, Fidelity investor lost 23% uh, last year in 2022, which is actually a little worse than the S&P 500 index total return was. Uh, and and Vanguard had similar uh, results from their investment accounts. And so that was really the, the driving. Here's what happened last year to the investors. and And of course, they can kind of run all different directions with that. But how do you take money out is now we want to think about which tree. I gave the example of a tree, but maybe you've got a couple of trees. So which tree do we want to prune those branches from? And so maybe there was something that gave us a market perform last year and is down 20%. Uh, maybe we have some things that held up a little bit better, and that might be where we want to look to be trimming that tree a little bit. So we really want to have the consideration of all of these things together, uh, of what you can spend, and then where you're going to draw those, where you're going to draw those assets from. The conversation I think that takes a, a place around that is what's so critical. The conversation is that. You're not talking about whether or not things were down 20% last year. You're talking about how did this tree perform and how did that tree perform and and is that a good one to draw from? How will this tree be taxed if I chop off a branch for that and spend it versus another one? That's really where the conversation takes place. And that's why I think it's important that you're working with an advisor or at least having a conversation with a, a trusted Uh, you know, sounding board is that you can look at those things rather than just kind of coming at it from all different unorganized, disorganized uh, directions. And that's essentially, I think, what's most important in that process is that you, if you have a spending plan, how do you start? You know what needs to come out. And the most important part of that is to know what your uh, withdrawal rate would be. And so what I what that simply means is if you have one hundred thousand dollars and you're going to uh, withdraw or say a million dollars and you're going to withdraw fifty thousand dollars, that's a five percent withdrawal rate. So those are things that you need to just kind of monitor in being prepared on taking money out of your plan.
1: All right, Pete, as we get ready to wrap this up, I think there are three takeaways you had mentioned you wanted to make sure you told listeners all about. So please do that.
2: Yeah. What you want to do is, uh, uh, we talked about the financial bridge and I said, that's an organization tool. And I talked about how managing the growth and, and the pruning of your tree is different when you start to take investments from from or withdrawing from your account. So organizing what you have, I think is having is one of the most important things here is you want to know what you have, uh, I call that, uh, you know, your just could be your regular balance sheet. Would be good to know what you're, if you're still contributing, what you're contributing to that. Uh, we call it your primary planning elements. Those are the key components in having that organization. Instead of just coming in and saying, okay, I'm ready to start withdrawing money, where do I start? You're looking at it of what do I have in front of me? So you kind of have all of that organization. To me, that's the most important thing. When we meet people for the first time and they come to us and they're ready to tell their boss they quit, and then we start asking them, what do you have and what do you spend? And that's not necessarily something that they have readily at their fingertips. And yet it's very hard to measure or have that discipline uh, if you don't have that organization. So that's something that we help do. Uh, initially, if we're not already organized, is help people get organized. So that's number one, is make sure that you have those things organized so so that you know what you have to use and what you have coming in as far as income, such as maybe social security. The second thing is to have set goals or priorities. And the reason this is so important is I mentioned the trip that we took and maybe spent a little more than usual on this little getaway. The reason that's so important is you need to have those things that really matter the most. And so, is getting away and taking a trip every, you know, couple of months to Florida like that important, or is that something that's not as important? In my in my life, we have a a, a beach house that we love to get to. Uh, I also belong to a, a center city Philadelphia. A club the Union League. I've mentioned it a great deal, and that's very special and important to me in my life. And if I really was at a point where I had to give up one versus the other, uh, we, you know, getting to that beach house is really important to my wife and I for for the rest of our lives. So I want to be able to do both. But you also have to recognize: is there something that where you could cut back if you had to, or or have those priorities? I think that really makes meaningful conversations, because we're always going to be having trade-offs. We're always going to have to be considering what ifs. Sometimes the you know the there's the setbacks from the the pruning from the negative market experiences change the near earth term for us, and so we have to be able to have that prioritization. So knowing what matters most and and having those goals in your mind. It helps you make decisions, but it also helps make your advisor. It helps make your sounding boards, your spouse, you're able to have a conversation uh, that's much more uh, meaningful and productive. And then the third thing I, I touched on it briefly was your withdrawal rate. And I think this is very critical in the point of which you're taking money out of your investments. And so you know what you earn, you know what your total return is or your investment results are. That's something that's drummed into us as we're accumulating assets. And really knowing what your withdrawal rate is and understanding that, and it will change because some years you're going to need to take more, but also some years your investments are not going to perform as well. And so they're not going to grow or even go down a little bit. So if we're taking the same amount of money from a lower value, we're going to have a different withdrawal rate. And that's important to understand that. And it's important to know it going into retirement because is that a realistic number that you can sustain or not? And those three things, if you have them in mind and you're able to put them in front of you in an organized way, you're going to be able to make decisions. You're going to be able to have meaningful conversations with your spouse, with your family, with your advisors, and you're going to be able to make sound and productive and confident decisions. And Don't worry about all of the noise about there, about what happened last year in the investment markets and how big trees grew or didn't grow. You really want to focus on what it is you're going to need and then come back and measure. And that's really, I think, if you have those three things in mind, you're going to be well prepared to sustain life throughout life after the paycheck ends and after you've told your boss you're quit.
1: All right, Pete. People who have all these trees, they need to get pruned and they need to get an arborist for, how can they reach you? A financial sure. arborist, I should say, a financial arborist. Yes, a financial
2: arborist. Yeah, I never thought of that before. <laughs> so you're, uh, we can be reached at uh, goodfinancial.com. We can uh, set up a meeting there. Uh, if you contact us through our calendar, uh, you can also get a copy of, our, of my book, Tell Your Boss I Quit at tellyourbossiquitbook.com. We can be reached at 267 470 4109 or my first name, last name, peter.gudekunst at com. And always happy to start a conversation and help you get organized and help you plan and prepare. And if the conversation works well, maybe we'll have a conversation for many years to come.
1: That's fantastic. And listeners, follow or subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode of Pete's podcast. Please share with others as well. And thanks so much for being with us.
0: Thank you for listening to Tell Your Boss I Quit. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. To learn more about defining your financial purpose and how you can thrive and not sacrifice your spending in retirement, download Tell Your Boss I Quit by Pete Goodiganst. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. GOOT Financial Services is not a broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.